Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again, this is Steve Wilson, and we're back one more time. Shouldn't have too many more times to go here to get through the book of Matthew. We've now progressed down through chapter 26, and going to start chapter 27 today. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to put this in, but I have, I've put together a, um, just sort of a, a comparison chart of three different scenarios that people, uh, espouse with regard to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The... Uh, the most common one that most everybody seems to follow is uh, that he died on Friday. He was crucified on Friday and rose on Sunday. Um, there, is, there are two others. Uh, a lot of people tend to believe that it actually happened on Wednesday. And a lot of others, which you know I happen to um, subscribe to, is that he was crucified on Thursday. Now let me say... And I think I may have mentioned this before. I, you know, I, I don't part company with people that believe differently than I do on this. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing and something that I really think we should consider when we look at Scripture. It's something that we should try and search out and make up your mind on, on your own. But anyway, going back to this chart that I have, you know, I want to go through this chart and talk about each of the events. I actually have 20 of them listed uh, with regard to um, to the death, burial, and resurrection, you know, what happened during those days. Um, things that I think will point to a time frame and talk about, you know, when they would have fallen on each one. And then, you know, you can draw your own conclusion. I'll, I'll give you the pros and cons of each one. And, um, and then you might want to study it out on your own and make your own decision about it. But um, we'll get to it at some point. I'm not sure when I'm going to put that in because it's going to take a while to go through the chart. I may have to just do a whole separate blog on that. Uh, I'm going to allude to the different days that I believe are occurring as we go through this. In fact, you know, starting here in chapter 27... Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to start with pointing out that this is what I believe is Thursday. When it says in verse 1, it says, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. So um, we know whatever morning this is, this is the day um, when, they, when 
Christ had already been arrested. They had already taken him before the high priest. Peter had already denied him, and the cock uh, crowed to to open the next day. So I believe this day happens to be Thursday. It's daylight on Thursday. Now, I also believe this had to be a Sabbath day. Well, you know, that creates a problem right away for the people who say that he was crucified on Friday um, because they had Passover the night before, the Last Supper. Um, they had already celebrated that, and Jesus had talked about them going to prepare the Passover meal and so on. So this has to be a Sabbath day. Well, you say it can't be a Sabbath on a Thursday. Well, yes, it can. And I, I think I've forgotten what all I've said about this before, but um, as I mentioned, there were actually two Sabbaths that occurred here. One for the regular Sabbath that occurred every Saturday that they celebrated each week, the seventh day of the week. Um, and then, you know, there's the... Uh, the Sabbath that is celebrated to, um, that, that is used to celebrate the uh, feasts of the Passover it was an eight-day celebration. And they would celebrate that actually for seven days, but then there, you know, there was an eighth day added the day prior to the seven where they would have a Passover meal. And then the first day would be the high, what they would call a high Sabbath. And that's actually referred to in different places in Scripture. So here's what I think is happening. Jesus had gathered the disciples together on Wednesday. They celebrated the Passover for the uh, the Passover feast for the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. And now it is the High Sabbath on Thursday. And this is the day that they actually end up crucifying Jesus Christ. So it says then when the morning comes, you know, they peaked, they took counsel against Jesus to, to put him to death. When they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. So now they've gone from the Jewish rulers, the priests, the high priests, and now they're going to the Roman government and trying to get, because they're the ones that actually have to approve a crucifixion. That was the way that, you know, normally when they punished criminals, when they sentenced them to death, that was the way they did it. It was a very cruel form of punishment. And talking about dying on the cross would be a whole different, uh, different lesson, different thought here. We're just talking about what happened. So anyway, um, Jesus is now being taken before Pontius Pilate. But before that happens... Before the, you know, here in Luke, before they give the account of that, they kind of interject what happened with Judas. And it's important to note, you know, what occurred in the life of Judas. It says in verse 3, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. So here's, you see what happened to Judas. 
Judas, you know, felt bad about what he did. He felt con conviction that he had betrayed the Christ. I mean, he knew who Jesus was. There was no question. He recognized him as the Son of God. He had traveled with him for, you know, what, two or three years there and, you know, couldn't deny all the miracles and all the teachings. And he'd been, you know, in his closest circle. So he knew who Jesus was. But, you know, anybody can do that. We can recognize the facts of who Jesus is and know that he is the Son of God. We can even know that he died for our sins, but still reject him as our personal Savior, still not surrender our lives to him because, you know, that's, that's, that's the step that matters. That's the one that says, you know, Lord, I, I give my life to you. I recognize who you are. I know you died for my sins. Um, and so... You have me. I'm yours. Well, Judas apparently never got to that point. And I say that because of what he did. Judas was in great sorrow. Judas knew who he had wronged. Um, Judas knew how terrible his sin was. What he didn't know is that he could just go to Christ and be forgiven. Had he repented... And that sin, he would have been forgiven. Judas would be in heaven today. But see, you know, mankind still has this stigma that we can do everything on our own. You know, that we're we're the Almighty. You know, we we can we can save ourselves, and you know, we can do things. We can do the thing that is necessary to make us worthy of going to heaven. Judas, in his sorrow and in his grief was so desperate to put an end to the feeling that he had that he took it upon himself to bring it to an end. You see, there was he had two choices. He thought, I can die and my misery will be gone or I can ask Christ to forgive me. I can repent of my sin and he can remove my guilt because Christ's forgiveness is above all. He can forgive us of every sin, no matter what it is. Judas was never able to get to that point where he thought, I need to turn it over to God. That's why I say that I don't believe Jesus, Judas was ever saved. Judas was um, a wolf in sheep's clothing. He had walked in the inner circle for all that time and yet never knew Christ as his personal Savior. And so here he thought that he could fix things. He thought he could take the money back and give it back to the high priest. Well, that didn't work. They basically threw it in his face and said, hey, you know, we don't care if you're sorry. It doesn't matter. We've got what we want. We paid you, you do as you wish, you know, the, your, your deed is done. We can't do anything about it. So he went out and he hanged himself. And then it says uh, in verse 6, it says, And the chief priests took the silver pieces. I mean, they weren't just going to leave it laying there on the ground after Judas walked away and left it there and said, It's not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it's the price of blood, you know. So they couldn't take the money back and and um, began to use it again. It was temple money. It was tithes and offerings that people had given. 
and they were too respectful of the letter of the law to, to use that money to put it back in circulation, basically. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they uh, of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, and the Lord, as the Lord appointed me. So, you know, this is what happened to uh, to Judas. And, you know, whenever people talk about potter's field, we know what they're talking about. His choice, by the way, just to kind of go back to this choice that he made, you know, he made the worst possible choice he could make. If you lost, the worst thing can happen to you is to die. It, it, it doesn't bring an end to the guilt and the sorrow because there is life after death. We do go on eternally, living eternally, whether it's either in heaven or it's in hell. All you're doing is, is, is ushering yourself into the pits of torment. That's the last thing in the world you want to do because that's the final step. You see, when you try to pay your own debt, when you try to save yourself, what you actually do is condemn yourself. That's what happened to Judas. He decided that he was going to solve the problem. He was going to find an escape. He was under his own power going to do something to rectify this terrible sin that he committed. Folks, you can't rectify your sin. It can't be done. No matter what you've done in life, Christ died for all mankind, for all sin, because ultimately... One sin is not any worse than the other. The only sin that really matters is whether or not you reject Christ or receive him, whether or not you, you've been redeemed. And that Judas just made the wrong choice. Folks, don't make that wrong choice. Give your life to Christ. So then um, we move on, and Jesus, in verse 11, stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. When he was accused of the chief priests and elders, elders, he saith nothing. Then Pilate said unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him, Never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. So Jesus is not responding. Jesus is going to the cross. He's going to allow them to think what they want. And, you know, that's what God does. He's done all he's ever going to do, and we can't ask him to do any more. He, he, Christ came to earth and died for our sins. And whatever people may say or whatever people may do, it doesn't matter. Christ is the Savior, and we have to receive him and recognize that the cross is the only possible solution we have in this life. It's the only salvation that there is in this life. So we're at the end of our time. We will pick up in verse 15 next time. I may go back over a little bit of what we've just said just to enhance it some. I'm, I'm not sure. 
But we'll be back in chapter 27, verse 15 next time. For now, goodbye and God bless.